Hey, Fidelity. What's it cost to invest with the Fidelity app? Start with as little as $1 with no account fees or trade commissions on U.S. stocks and ETFs. Hmm, that's music to my ears. I can only talk. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Zero account fees apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Zero dollar commission applies to online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity accounts. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Good morning. It's Thursday, a major winter storm on the move. Yeah, and it's causing a lot of problems. It is January 19th, and this is today. On alert, tens of millions from the Midwest to New England in the path of severe weather. Snow measured in feet, causing travel delays and accidents, including this huge pileup. Al's got your full forecast. Deadline. The U.S. expected to reach its debt limit today, setting up a showdown on Capitol Hill. Democrats and Republicans locked in a fierce battle over a solution. We'll break it all down, including the impact on your bottom line. New lies, pressure growing around Congressman George Santos, already facing calls to resign for fabricating his resume, now accused of stealing funds from a veteran and even making a false claim his own mother was in the World Trade Center on September 11th. We'll have the very latest. Breaking overnight, stunning resignation. New Zealand's trailblazing prime minister reveals she's stepping down. I know what this job takes. And I know that I no longer have enough in the tank to do it justice. Inside the emotional announcement and the reaction just ahead. Evidence revealed a newly unsealed warrant shedding more light on the Idaho college murders. What police found inside the suspect's apartment and what it means for the case. Those stories plus... Comeback kid, the Bills' DeMar Hamlin now making regular visits to his team's practices just two weeks after his collapse on the field. It's awesome to see his face. Awesome, awesome to see him smiling again. The newest chapter in his remarkable recovery, today, Thursday, January 19th, 2023. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Oda Cutby. Live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Good morning. Good to see you. Welcome in. It's a Thursday morning. We're very happy that you're here. And weather is a big story. We're going to get right to it. It is stretching all across the country from the Rockies to the Midwest. A nasty system dropping feet of snow, causing accidents and travel delays. Down south, the confirmed tornado in Arkansas after that region was hit by another wave of storms. And here in the Northeast, millions bracing for the severe weather. And it is on its way here. It's going to be a soaker. Al's tracking it all. But first, and NBC's Maggie Vespa is in snowy Green Bay, Wisconsin for us. Hey, Maggie, good morning. Hey, Hoda, Savannah, good morning. Yeah, as you can see, the snow has already started falling overnight. The wind picking up at times as well. That was a plow in the background, so they're used to this. They're already out here on the roads. And as you said, this system is widespread. Severe weather warnings popping up in Colorado, Iowa, down to Nebraska, and then farther east where the snow hasn't even begun to fall. States are on high alert after getting a preview of this storm's strength. From blinding snow in the plains and Midwest to a powerful tornado sweeping through the South. This morning, yet another round of severe winter weather is pummeling the nation. 
In Colorado, a stunning 21-vehicle pileup after a semi-truck jackknifed on an icy I-70 near Aurora, closing the road through the night. Nine semis total. Among the wreckage, two people hurt, their injuries minor. Stranded drivers forced to hunker down. We're all in limbo, we, you know, and these trucks out here, they have nowhere to go. We're going to just camp out in Denver. We don't we, we can't go for it. We're not going to move for it. At Denver Airport, a rush to de-ice planes with more than half of all flights there delayed Wednesday. Farther west, an avalanche knocking out power to the town of Ophir, Colorado. That snow and debris 20 feet deep. Cars slipping and sliding, even snow plows in the storm's path, struggling to keep up with the lines of cars stuck on the road. This as about two feet of snow fell in Nebraska, paralyzing highways. From the Central Plains to New England, 31 million Americans are waking up under winter weather alerts this morning, with 5 million at risk for severe storms in Ohio. That risk coming to fruition in an already tornado-battered south. The National Weather Service confirming an EF-1 twister touched down in Waldo, Arkansas Wednesday, packing 100-mile-an-hour winds. This morning, states farther east on high alert, fearing these stunning scenes out west are a preview of what's headed their way. And a note on one of those stunning scenes, some people might wonder if it's really worth talking about snow in Colorado, especially at this time of year. But take this into account. Our climate unit says that snow's total clocked in at 9.2 inches. And they say that is the biggest January storm to hit that area in more than 30 years since 1992. That part of the country gets the most snow in March and April. So just another sign of this storm strength. Savannah, Hoda, back to you. All right, Maggie Vespa, thank you. Well, let's bring in Al, Uh who's got his eye on the storm's head of the climate unit here at NBC. Well, thanks, guys. And we are looking at winter storm uh, advisories, winter storm alerts, and even some winter storm watches for 31 million people, especially around the Great Lakes into the Northeast as well. You can see this storm system now pushing in, bringing rain to the south, but snow around the Great Lakes. As the system moves east, rain, snow, and sleet develop into the Northeast staying away from the I-95 corridor, but north and west of that. Damaging winds, possible tornadoes down through Ohio, where we have a risk for that kind of activity. Tomorrow, that upper low will swing eastward, take out that colder air. But the accumulating snow, good news, starts to die down as you get into New England. Fourth uh, Friday, one to three inches in Minneapolis, Marquette, eight to 12, Alpena, Michigan, four to eight inches of snow. And here in the Northeast, Burlington, Vermont, maybe four to eight, Portland, six to eight, Albany, one to two inches of snow and lighter rainfall amounts along the coast. Guys. All right, Al, thank you so much. We'll check back with you. Calls are growing louder for freshman Congressman George Santos to resign after the Republican from New York admitted he embellished parts of his resume. And this morning, there are even more potential lies about his past now emerging. NBC's senior Capitol Hill correspondent Garrett Haig has the very latest on these. Garrett, good morning. Hey, Hoda, good morning to you. It seems like every day we're learning something else about George Santos' life that simply isn't true. Now he's being accused of stealing funds from a homeless veteran's dying dog and lying about his mother being a 9-11 survivor. The lies reaching such a boiling point that one fellow New York lawmaker has called for his passport to be revoked, deeming Santos a flight risk. This morning, embattled New York Congressman George Santos caught in another lie. The freshman Republican claiming on his campaign website that his mother survived the tragic events of September 11th from her office in the World Trade Center's South Tower, even making her 9-11 story part of his campaign stump speech. I'm a, a, you know, 
son of two immigrants. I am the grandchild of Holocaust survivors and the son of a 9-11 survivor. But immigration records provided to NBC News by a genealogical researcher show Santos' mother, Fatima de Volder, left the United States for Brazil in 1999 and did not return until 2003, placing her more than 4,000 miles from ground zero on the day of the attack. That revelation coming on the same day a disabled Navy veteran accused Santos of walking away with $3,000 in GoFundMe cash, raised to pay for life-saving surgery for his service dog, Sapphire. He was almost too nice. I knew there was something up with him. Richard Osthoff says he was connected with Santos' charity, Friends of Pets United, in 2016 to help raise money for an operation he could not afford. When it came time for the surgery, he says, Santos refused to hand over the money. And Rostov was instead forced to put Sapphire down. I was so livid that I realized that this guy is now a serving congressman. He doesn't deserve that job. It's horrendous that he could lie and steal and cheat his way through life. Santos has not responded to questions from NBC News about either allegation. But he did tell the website Semaphore that Ostoff's story was, quote, fake. And Garrett, these are just two of the recent allegations, and there are many against Santos. So are any of these things moving the needle as to where he stands in Washington right now? Well, let's go through it, Hoda. Santos has been caught lying about his religion, and he's admitted lying about his job experience and about attending college. He's told multiple different stories about how and when his mother died, and he's under investigation now by at least five different entities that we know of, including investigations into how he funded his campaign. And that might be the biggest political danger to him. An indictment in the U.S. would likely force Republicans to remove Santos from his committee assignments at the very least, assignments he only received this week. Hoda. All right, Garrett Hake for us there in Washington. Garrett, thank you. And now we turn to the high stakes showdown there over the debt ceiling. The government on the brink again of hitting its borrowing limit. It's prompting the Treasury Department to begin using, quote, extraordinary measures to continue paying the nation's bills. And in the meantime, Republicans are demanding spending cuts before any deal can be reached. And of course, this all impacts you and your wallet. Here to walk us through it is Brian Chung, NBC's business reporter. Brian, good morning. Stop me if you've seen this movie before. <laughs> Let's go back to basics, though. The debt ceiling. This is not about new spending. We're not writing a blank check here to do a bunch of new spending. This is about spending that both parties have already done. And now it's time to pay the bills. Yeah, so important to make the distinction there, Savannah. And good morning as well, Hoda. When we talk about the debt limit, what we're talking about is spending that's already been done. So imagine you've spent $1,000 on your credit card, right? But you've only been authorized to actually use $800 to pay off that bill. How do you plug the gap? That's what this debt limit is all about. And the estimate is that today we hit the limit for how much we can use. Like It's like your credit limit. It's like your mm -hmm. credit limit, You already essentially. spent it, but you need to increase your credit right. limit. Right. But as you mentioned, though, the Treasury, even though we hit the limit today, has these extraordinary measures they can use to hobble us through the next few months. The estimates, that's only going to get us through early June. Okay, so that's kind of like they're just doing moving money around. Basically, like, I'll, call, I'll pay this bill, but not that bill, yep, and that'll from stretch one hand it out. To the other. For a few more months. Mm -hmm. But yeah. what happens? Because I, I guess that like the chickens come home to roost in, in June, right? Yeah. And that's when it's do or die time. You either raise the debt ceiling or what? Catastrophe. Lay it out for us. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, and that's the words that we've heard from those inside the Treasury. They would be a full on catastrophe. But really, what we're talking about here is just the consequences of potentially a lot of these social programs going bust. Because if the, you know, if the government cannot pay its bills on its government debt, which is U.S. Treasuries, well, they're going to have to start making cuts in things like Social Security. Mm -hmm. They might not be able to make Medicare payments. 
veterans' disability payments, food stamp programs. That would be catastrophic. And it's also important for financial markets as well. The U.S. government debt is widely regarded as the safest, most, you know, best thing to have in your, in your wallet type of thing. But if it all evaporates, that's going to really lead to a lot of catastrophe. But it's important to note that hasn't happened. Since 1960, there have been 78 times that the government has moved to raise the debt ceiling. Mm-hmm. Congress, we hope, will do the same in this case. Well, and then everybody kind of shrugs it off a little bit, like, oh, well, yeah. they always get it. Is there any cost to the economy and to the American consumer mm-hmm. when you just have the threat? of the debt limit not being raised, looming over us for a few months? Yeah, well, certainly. I mean, the stock market looks very closely at the developments down in Washington, D.C. to see whether or not this is going to get done or not. Again, it's mostly the case that it gets done. But 401ks are very much hinging on what's going to happen mm-hmm. over the next few months. And people have said this. This is just a little bit of a crazy kabuki dance that happens over and over and over again. There have been proposals for maybe a permanent solution, like an automatic system that would just raise the debt limit. And maybe you take the debate over spending to the spending bills as opposed to the debt limit. There's also been other proposals like maybe minting a $1 trillion coin. We'll get into the nuances of (laughs) that. But look, these are different types of proposals that have really suggested maybe this debt limit exercise is something that's a bit separate from the spending bills which maybe that's where the conversation is. Yeah, fair fight over what you should spend or whether you can afford to cut taxes. That's not this argument. use the credit card. Maybe think about it. All right, Brian, thank you so much. Breaking overnight, a surprise resignation, and it's making worldwide headlines. Jacinta Ardern made history when she became the prime minister of New Zealand at the age of 37. But after holding the position for more than five years, she now says it's her time to step down. NBC's Kelly Cobier has that story. Hey, Kelly, good morning. Hi, good morning to you. Yeah, a surprising and emotional announcement from Jacinda Ardern overnight. She said she's given all she can for as long as she can. Choking back tears, Jacinda Ardern said she's stepping down. I'm announcing that I will not be seeking re-election. And that my term as Prime Minister will conclude no later than the 7th of February. I know what this job takes. And I know that I no longer have enough in the tank to do it justice. Ardern was the world's youngest head of government at age 37 when she was elected in 2017, and only the second world leader to give birth while in office, taking her daughter to the United Nations General Assembly, determined to prove a new mom can lead a country. That woman multitask every single day. Can I be a prime minister and a mother? Absolutely. Ardern won praise for her compassion and quick action hugging families and banning assault weapons after a white supremacist gunman killed 51 people at two mosques, locking down the country at the start of the COVID pandemic, telling Savannah and Hoda about her way of leading. You talk about, um, I thought it was interesting, kindness and government. Usually you don't see those two things together. When I hear you talk about your family, I sort of get it, but explain that. Yeah, I, I... I don't think there's one rule book for leadership. Yeah. Uh, and I really rebel against this idea that politics has to be a place full of, full of ego. As late as last December, still hitting back on questions of age and gender during a summit with the Finnish prime minister. A lot of people will be wondering, are you two meeting just because, you know, you're similar in age and, you know, got a lot of, you know, common stuff there, you know. Because two women meet, it's not simply because of the agenda. Ardern says she's looking forward to taking her daughter to school and finally marrying her partner. As for a legacy... I hope in return I leave behind a belief that you can be kind but strong, empathetic but decisive, that you can be your own kind of leader, 
one that knows when it's time to go. Wow. Well, Kelly, uh, she has obviously been admired worldwide throughout her political career, but I was reading that she was facing a bit of a decline in her popularity in New Zealand. Yeah, Hoda, she and her party won a landslide victory back in 2020 based on their response to the COVID pandemic. But in the past few months, she's seen a really rapid decline in her popularity. She and her party are down in the 30s, if not below. Uh, And that's because of concerns over the economy, concerns over crime, the cost of living. Now, she said that, she told the BBC last year, that that's sort of the price that she and her party paid uh, for keeping people safe from COVID-19. And she said overnight, poll numbers are not the reason she's stepping down. She said she still believes her party can win in the fall. They simply need a fresh set of shoulders to carry carry them there. Hoda. Yeah, she had a special touch. All right, Kelly Kobia for us. Thank you. We've got more to get to. Mm-hmm. Craig joins us. Some good news about mm-hmm. Damar Hamlin. Yes, Savannah mm-hmm. Hoda, good morning. Always great to start with some positive news. While Damar Hamlin continues to recover from that absolutely frightening collapse on the field, Hamlin's coach says he has been spending time at the Bills facility as the team gets ready for a rematch with the Bengals, this time in the second round of the NFL playoffs this weekend. NBC's Emily Akata, she's here with more on all of it. Hey, Emily. Good morning to you. The Bills have a lot to celebrate this week. Their wild card win and now more signs of progress in DeMar Hamlin's recovery. Teammates getting the chance to spend time with number three, acknowledging Hamlin is visibly exhausted, but in great spirits. Just days after DeMar Hamlin was released from the hospital, the Buffalo Bills player taking more strides in what doctors are calling a remarkable recovery. Head coach Sean McDermott revealing Hamlin is back at the Bills facility this week. Just trying to get back to a little bit of a routine and um, and just getting himself acclimated again and taking a uh, one step up, you know, baby step at a time here. Another step forward after Hamlin was seen in this picture over the weekend, visiting his teammates for the first time since his collapse. And while Hamlin is not participating in team meetings, McDermott says number three is making daily visits, two and a half weeks since his on-field medical emergency. There's a challenge to that, but there's also a lot of good that came from that. And I think right now we need to focus on the positive Positive signs seen along community streets and in Hamlin's social media posts as the football star's stunning comeback continues. Dehan's back in the building now, and, you know, it's awesome to see his face. Awesome, awesome to see him smiling again. The guy's in great spirits, and, and that also helps with the recovery process for all of us as well. To see him come back from that is, is a blessing from God. That blessing just days ahead of the Bills' biggest matchup of the season. Hamlin's cardiac arrest on January 2nd rocked the football world and beyond, prompting the cancellation of the Bills-Bengals game in Cincinnati. Both teams now set to face off for the first time since that daunting day. And even with a shot at the conference championship on the line, there's one player everyone is rooting for. To see DeMar, you know, getting healthier as time passes and um, to see where it's ended up. I I, I think there's always going to be a strong connection between these two organizations, and that's a good thing. Hamlin cheered on the Bills from his home last weekend. There's no word yet on his plans for Sunday's playoff matchup in Buffalo, which is understandably one of the hottest tickets out there. You can imagine the stadium would erupt in excitement oh, yeah. if Hamlin made some kind of... Oh, 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 I just got chills at the <laughs> thought of it. Yeah. That would be oh, cool. Yeah. All right, thanks, Thank you, Emily. Let's go over to Al, who's also got the chills, but for a different reason. Right. <laughs> but I'm not contagious. So, yeah. uh, we are looking at snow showers out west. 
snowy conditions around the Great Lakes as this secondary system makes its way to the east, cooling off finally down through the southeast, Gulf Coast, and on into Texas, where temperatures have been way above normal. Look for those heavier storms moving into the mid-Atlantic state, risk of some severe weather into Ohio later today. And that is your latest weather. Mr. Melvin with a fresh haircut. Thank yeah. you, sir. Nice. You. There nice. you two go again. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Al. Coming up, we're going to go to Idaho. There's a newly unsealed search warrant that reveals more clues and evidence in those murders of those four college students. We're going to have the latest investigators still searching for a motive here. Plus, it was an emotional day in Graceland. Events honoring the life of Lisa Marie Presley getting underway. We'll take you there. But first, this is Today on NBC. It's time to breathe easier this allergy season with Breathe Right Nasal Strips. With instant nasal congestion relief for up to 12 hours, you can spend your time on your terms, not on your noses. Stuffy nose from outdoor allergens? No problem. We got you. Allergy season just turned into stripping season. Instant relief from nasal congestion anytime, anywhere. Need more convincing? Click the banner below and get a free sample. Breathe Right. Get your strip on. Use as directed. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash today just go to indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash today conditions apply need to hire you need indeed we're back 7 30 thursday morning the 19th of january and it's a cold january morning so bonus points for everybody who came out on our plaza, we're going to hang on that shot one more mm-hmm. second because you did it. You're all there. You're here. Yep. Let's get to your headlines. 730 on this Thursday morning. Ukrainian officials are still trying to figure out what caused a government helicopter to go down yesterday, killing 14 people, including Ukraine's interior minister and his top aides. Part of the aircraft slammed into a kindergarten. Investigators are not ruling out anything, including pilot error, technical malfunction or a deliberate act. President Zelensky told world leaders at the World Economic Forum in Davos that whatever the cause, because of the war, Russia ultimately bears responsibility. The search is on this morning for five inmates who escaped from jail in Farmington, Missouri on Tuesday. Officials say the inmates got to the jail's rooftop by crawling through the vents and the pipes. Later, there was some surveillance video that showed the men running into a gated area. Then they stole a car from the jail's parking lot and they drove off. All of the inmates were being held on felony warrants. Authorities say anybody who spots any of these five fugitives should not approach them, but instead should call 911. Some Bank of America customers woke up yesterday to find there was money missing from their accounts. People flooded social media with complaints. Turns out those who were impacted were customers who recently used the payment transfer service Zelle. 
Bank of America issued a statement later in the day apologizing for the inconvenience. And the bank said as of late afternoon, all of the issues had been resolved. All right, let's turn now to the latest developments in the Idaho College murders. Yeah, with a suspect being held without bail, there are new court documents and they're revealing more about a still unfolding investigation. NBC's Aaron McLaughlin has more. Aaron, good morning. Good morning, guys. We're learning new details about the case authorities are building against Brian Koberger. Court documents outline the list of potential evidence recovered from the 28-year-old's apartment, searched more than six weeks after the murders. Newly released court documents reveal the items seized from suspect Brian Koberger's Washington State apartment as authorities continue to search for a possible motive and murder weapon. In the killing of University of Idaho students, Zana Kernodal, Ethan Chapin, Kaylee Gonsalves, and Madison Mogan. Prosecutors allege 28-year-old Koberger stabbed all four to death in the early morning hours of November 13th. According to the documents, the day of his arrest at his family's home in Pennsylvania, authorities were thousands of miles away, scouring the criminology student's apartment, combing for digital clues and DNA evidence. That search yielding a laundry list of items, including a chemical-resistant black glove, multiple hair strands, including possible animal hair, cuttings from an uncased pillow of a reddish-brown stain, and a dark red spot. They also seized electronics. The potential evidence is Koberger's legal team is shaping his defense after they asked to push his next preliminary hearing to June. Koberger has yet to formally enter a plea, but told his previous lawyer he believes he will be exonerated. The defense is likely to start attacking all of those individual strands of evidence. In the newly unsealed documents, prosecutors arguing it is probable that Koberger went home after the murders, noting that the murder scene contained a significant amount of blood from the victims, adding it is likely that he still had blood or other trace evidence on his person. Also noting that Kaylee Gonzalez owned a dog, which may explain why they were looking for animal hair in his apartment. According to the documents, authorities also applied to search Koberger's office at Washington State University, where he was a teaching assistant and pursuing his Ph.D. in criminology. No items were listed as recovered from that scene. The victim's family is waiting months more for the next day in court. What we can focus on is this individual and finding every piece of evidence. It all needs to come out. It all has to be clear. These latest court documents potentially add to evidence investigators have already laid out. In a previous charging document, they said they recovered DNA at the scene that they've matched to Koberger and video surveillance allegedly showing his Hyundai Elantra in the area that night. Savannah. All right, Aaron, thank you. And joining us now, NBC senior legal correspondent, Laura Jarrett. Laura, good morning. Laura, good morning, guys. what is jumping out to you? There's some new evidence yes. in the case they found at his house. What are you keeping your eye on? A couple big things here. Number one being this computer tower, right? Mm-hmm. We all leave a digital footprint in this day and age. Investigators want to comb through that. I'm sure they have by now. And they want to try to figure out what if any planning took place here? Because mm-hmm. remember, for lawyers and prosecutors, the key is can they show he planned this? Can they show intent? That's key for first-degree murder, which is one of the charges he's facing. The computer tower could be a a particular area of interest. The other one Mm -hmm. is this piece of possible animal hair. Why is that interesting? Because we know one of the victims shared a dog with her boyfriend. We know the dog was at the scene of the crime. If they can connect the animal hair to his home where they executed the search warrant, 
that could be key. The last and final one is this possible blood stain that they found yeah. in the on the mattress covers, on the pillowcases. They want to know what, if anything, again, is there. We do not know the results of any of this, I should say. We, yeah. we know that they found it, but we do not know that this is actually connected yet to Colbert. It's interesting, too, because this search takes place December 30th, yes. six weeks after the murders, yeah. I think around the same day mm-hmm. that his arrest was conducted. Yeah. So, you know, this is a criminology student. Presumably, he knows something about cleaning up after his tracks if he really uh, is the uh, suspect here. And that's what you're going to hear prosecutors, I bet, try to harp on that, yeah. right? And it's, it's the same reason they're going to try to say, don't worry about the fact that we haven't found the murder weapon, right? That's the other missing thing here is they have the knife sheath, what they believe was used. They have a piece of DNA on it, but they don't actually have the knife. The knife mm-hmm. is obviously the thing that could link him if they can find it, but it could be anywhere between Washington and Pennsylvania, for all we know. Has, has there been any connection between him and the victims that police have been able to that's, find out? That's one of the huge things, That one of the unanswered questions, one of the things we're pressing for reporting on, and why the computer uh, the computer tower yeah. could be key, because we need to understand, were they targeted? Had he tried to outreach, make some sort of mm-hmm. overtures to them before? We That's one of the missing puzzle pieces we're still looking for. All right, Laura, thank you. Thank you. All right, Craig, over to you. All right, still ahead this morning, a story that you really need to see. If you are one of those folks struggling to land a job interview, exposing a glitch in the hiring process, causing millions of qualified candidates to be overlooked. We're going to explain and we're also going to show you what's being done to fix that problem. First up, fans from around the world are gathering at Graceland for a final goodbye to Lisa Marie Presley. We're there live this morning with an inside look at the tributes that are being planned. We'll do that right after this. It's time to breathe easier this allergy season with Breathe Right Nasal Strips. With instant nasal congestion relief for up to 12 hours, you can spend your time on your terms, not on your noses. Stuffy nose from outdoor allergens? No problem. We got you. Allergy season just turned into stripping season. Instant relief from nasal congestion anytime, anywhere. Need more convincing? Click the banner below and get a free sample. Breathe Right. Get your strip on. Use as directed. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Welcome back. Friends and family are preparing to say their final goodbyes to Lisa Marie Presley one week after her tragic death. The 54-year-old is being laid to rest at Graceland, where a public memorial will be held this weekend. NBC's Priscilla Thompson has made her way to Graceland for us, and she's there this morning. Priscilla, good morning. Hey guys, good morning. Here at Graceland, flowers, cards, and teddy bears are continuing to pour in as tribute to Lisa Marie Marie Presley. And this was her happy place. This was where she spent her holidays growing up with her dad. And it's where she was just a few days before she died. And now as the world is continuing to remember her life and her legacy, it's only fitting that she would be laid to rest here with her dad and her son by her side. 
This morning, fans from all over the world are preparing to say a final goodbye to Lisa Marie Presley, who died last week after suffering a cardiac arrest. In just days, the only daughter of rock and roll legend Elvis Presley will be remembered during a public memorial service at Graceland, her iconic childhood home in Memphis. Video obtained by TMZ shows the preparations underway at the family compound, including the meditation garden, where she'll be buried just like her famous father. Her final resting place next to her late son, Benjamin, who died by suicide in 2020. For more than 65 years, Graceland has been synonymous with the Presleys, a rock and roll style castle fit for a king. Graceland was a personal sanctuary for Elvis during his rise to superstardom that later became Lisa Marie's childhood stomping ground. In 2018, she talked to Jenna about what it was like growing up there. What are your fondest memories of being at Graceland with your dad? What do you remember? It all just brings back nothing but like something really special. After her father's death, Lisa Marie inherited the eight-bedroom mansion, and Graceland soon opened its doors to legions of fans, with more than 20 million visiting so far. In the days since Lisa Marie's death, even more people stopping by to pay their respects. A historic and beloved landmark for so many, but for Lisa Marie, Graceland was home. I feel like it's, I'm connected to something here more than anywhere else. Over the years, the 54-year-old singer-songwriter and her family regularly made their way back to Memphis, including just four days before her tragic death, when Lisa Marie visited the estate to celebrate what would have been her father's 88th birthday. It's just so moving how every year you come from all over the world, and it's, it's moving to me and my family. Lisa Marie's extraordinary legacy now living on in a special place she so deeply loved. And Lisa Marie's memorial service will be held here at Graceland on uh, Sunday. It will be open to the public and live streamed. And after the service, everyone will be invited to join the procession to the meditation garden, which will be her final resting place. And as for Graceland, Lisa Marie's three daughters are set to inherit the property. Guys, back to you. Okay. Uh, Priscilla Thompson for us there. Priscilla, thank you. Thank you. All right. Let's check in with Al. Uh, another check of the weather. That's right. Things very warm out there. In fact, uh, above average temperatures for the eastern half of the United States. You can see Chicago, 43 degrees today. That's 14 degrees above average. Cleveland, almost 60, 71 in Raleigh. Savannah, close, coming close to 80 degrees. Tomorrow, more warmth along the eastern seaboard. Temperatures anywhere from 10 to 15 degrees above average from Detroit all the way down to Columbia. But then we see temperatures more seasonal as we get into early next week with temperatures in Minneapolis, upper 20s, mid-30s in Boston and uh, in the Buffalo, Washington, D.C., upper 40s, and a more active pattern next week. So maybe we'll see some snow. Well, we have to wait and see. And that is your latest weather, guys. All thank right. you, Al. Al. Thank you. Coming up, think you know where you'll find the most germs in your kitchen? Mm. Well, guess what? It could be in an area you never even considered. Mm. The dirty truth being revealed in a brand new study. We're going to get into it. But first, these messages. Nasty. Nasty. Mm. <laughs> Man. Y'all got to be together on this, right? It's like this. You may hate me, but it ain't no lie. Yeah. Then the hands, bye, bye, bye. All right? And watch my jumps. Ain't no lie. See how I'm jumping? Like I'm a marionette. That's why this song is on the album, No Strings Attached. Right? 
Yeah. Oh. Okay, good. Oh. I like that's it. I've played that music over. video one million times. Uh, yes, you did. I know yeah. that dance. Yeah. Uh, Carson is joining the table. The unforgettable moment from Ted Lasso. Yeah, you might be wondering, why are we showing you a clip of Ted Lasso? Well, coming up on Popstart, we've got big news about Ted and the gang's return Ooh. to Apple TV. Cool. So, on the way. All right. And then we got Steals and Deals. It's filled with bargains aimed at helping you build healthier habits. How about that? Bye. You do the dance? Ooh. Yeah. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com.